Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Now, most people have a talent, and in the case of Tony Tetro, it was that he was a remarkably good forger for years. He conned the art world and made a lot of money. Some of his pieces were even subsequently loaned to the then Prince Charles. Giampero Ambrosi has produced a book and a forthcoming documentary about Tony. Afternoon, Giampero. Good afternoon. Could you tell us something about how Tony Tetro started painting in the first place and how he realised he had this incredible talent? Yeah. Well, you, you know, Tony is a guy from a crummy place in upstate New York, sort of a dying factory town. And he got his girlfriend pregnant at 16, finds himself in this kind of dead end future and goes out to California. And while he's there, he's not doing so well either. And, you know, he kind of paints at night uh, to keep himself busy. He doesn't have any money to spend. And one day he sees a book called Fake in the supermarket. And it's the story of an art forger. He sort of reads this book in one sitting and goes, ah, you know, this is something I can do. I can do this. And the next day, he makes a Modigliani drawing and brings it into an auction house and, you know, makes five times his rent and goes, I'm doing this for the rest of my life. That's, that's how Tony got started. Right. Okay. He just did it the next day. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, so what kind of, uh, um, what divides him out from other art forgers that he's so good at it? Yeah. You know, the thing that's interesting about art forgery is everybody thinks that you have to be this amazing painter, technically this amazing painter. And while it's true, you know, you have to be competent, uh, there are a million competent painters out there, right, who can draw a horse or paint a horse convincingly. Mm. What Tony is really good at, because he's so passionate about, you know, the artists and the art, is he knows every single detail, right, about everything that anybody's done. So he's able to find little details, little laws in um, in the, the background or in the story and can exploit it to make a painting or an artwork plausible. Here's a reason for, for it to exist, right? Here's an excuse for this thing to exist. And that's what he's really, really good at. And so the pieces he was forging, were they copies of other pieces or was he saying, here's an und- undiscovered piece? Right. There, that's 95% of the people think he makes copies. So he doesn't make a copy because if you think about it, you know, all you'd have to do is say, well, that's not the real painting because the yeah. real painting is in the National Portrait Gallery or whatever. So he would, you know, kind of find a, something plausible by an artist at a certain time. An example is uh, Salvador Dali. So he was vacationing in France and he writes this letter back uh, to his friends. And he says, oh, you know, I've been so busy. I painted five paintings. So beautiful. My hands hurt. Well, the fact is he was mostly womanizing and he painted two paintings. Yeah. So now there's Three, uh, you know, three paintings that Tony can whip up and, you know, put out there into the world. Ah, right. And did he have to kind of also come up with kind of a, a provenant story of where he found these paintings from? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's one of the things that's really um, most convincing about what he would do. So he might find two experts from the 16th century who disagreed as to whether Rembrandt made a preparatory drawing for an etching. And just that little amount of uh, you know, disagreement allows him to go in and make it. And now he can research and make the collector stamp that went on it, how exactly it was done, what was the, the drawing that he worked off of. Um, and, and that's the kind of thing he would do, you know, letters of, of authenticity, stamps, all kinds of things. Now, when he was, when he was finally caught doing this in, in, in the late mm-hmm. 80s, was, 
was he particularly sorry for it? <laughs> I think he was sorry he he got caught. <laughs> uh, I mean, he he's, he definitely feels like you know remorse for having done uh, these things. Um, but you know, I think part part of part of the feeling also is you know mostly it was you know, sort of lampooning these experts who could tell you, oh, you know, I have such a great eye that I can, you know, I'm such an expert that I can tell whenever anything's fake or not. And really, when you start looking at some of the prices for paintings that, you know, a normal person would say, look, that's that's kind of uncalled for or ridiculous, you know, you, you sort of think, you know, nobody's getting murdered here. It's a, it's a bunch of rich people who are maybe losing out on a few dollars here and there. So, yes, there's remorse, but I don't think it's, you know... Uh, war crimes or anything like that. <laughs> I, but, but I, I think suppose, it's his view. Uh, the intriguing thing, though, is uh, could it, well, because every now and again you hear, you, you know, you hear a story of, oh, there's an undiscovered Leonardo or whatever. Could that, could, could there still be Tony Tetra work flo- floating around the place that people haven't spotted? <laughs> well, uh, you know, I think if you ask Tony, where are, you know, where are the rest of these pieces that, that you've done? And I think his answer is something like, well, they could be out there I don't know. You'll have to find them yourself. Um, and so I, you know, I personally think there are plenty of them out there, um, especially with the uh, main artists that he worked on, which was you know Picasso, Dali, uh, Moreau, Chagall, things like that. So uh, I'm sure they're out there. I don't know the details, and I don't think uh, Tony's. I think Tony's going to bring those to his grave. Yeah. And so how in in and uh, this is after Tony's uh, professional career was over at least that section of it uh, somehow King Charles then Prince Charles was implicated in the scandal to do with his work. Yeah, that's right. Tony in his later career did paint reproduction. So a billionaire would come to sit to him and say, "Look, you know, this uh, I want to have a bunch of Picassos in my home. Can you make them for me?" And so he would make them. They were reproductions. He wasn't trying to sell them as fakes. And he did that for a kind of, uh, shall we say, flamboyant figure uh, called James Stunt. And James Stunt, unbeknownst to Tony, took those paintings and lent them to King Charles. Um, And, you know, there was this whole kind of scheme that he had worked up that he was going to try to get um, loans off of these paintings, using them as collateral. But Tony was visiting Stunt and happened to see these loan documents with his paintings on them. And he went, hold on, what's going on here? So he snapped a couple of pictures, didn't know what the document was. Uh, when he got back to L.A., he gave them to me. And, um, you know, I sort of spent about uh, three years following this trail um, until we, you know, we sort of discovered everything that was going on. And that was, you know, the subject of a documentary film that I just did uh, with the director, Keith Davidson. And that should be out uh, probably early 2023. Yeah, indeed. And the name uh, of that documentary is called uh, the, um, uh, what is it? Con Artist, The Life and Times of the World's Greatest Art Forger. That's, that's the book. That's and the, the book. film is called, the, the film is called The Royal Stunt. The Royal Stunt. Obviously right. the pun with James Stunt and yes. his antics. Okay. <laughs> well, Giampera Ambrosi is behind both of them. Giampera, thank you very much for speaking with us today. Thank you, Sean. Have a great day. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2 p.m. on News Talk.